Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. What an exciting episode we have coming up, Lisa. I am very excited about this one. I look forward to it. It's finally here and we finally have our first guest. Since we started talking about doing a podcast, this has always been your idea of who you wanted as the first guest. It has. Jennifer Tattinelli, and you have been working with Jennifer for quite a while. We'll we'll hear more about that as we talk to her. Not only is she our first guest, I think this is her first podcast. We'll I think talk it is a little bit too. more about that as well. So without further ado, let's get right into our conversation with Jennifer. Sounds good. Jennifer Tattinelli, designer, mother, wife, friend, and a true Italian-American. How did you and Lisa first meet? Oh my. Lisa, would you like to explain the story of the beginning and then uh, I'll I'll, I'll start the story. I'll start the story. I think it's best. You can take it from there. I was in (laughs) Italy on a trip with my husband for our wedding anniversary. And it was like the end of the day. And I got one day to really shop and do my thing. And it was towards the end of the day. And I walked by Jennifer's store in Florence and I looked into the windows and I thought, this is not normal. I have to go in here. And it was like a magnet. I walked into the store and I'm looking around and it was like a department store, but I noticed things that I hadn't noticed anywhere else. So I walked up and I'm looking around and looking around and the woman that her name is Sabine. I know Sabine very well now. I walked in and she said, what can I help you with? And I said, well, I don't know. I've always wanted a shearling coat, but I don't think you have what I want. <laughs> and she said, well, what do you want? And so I said, will you do custom? And she goes, yeah, we do custom. I'll do anything you want. I said, no, you can't do what I want. <laughs> And so she goes, well, what do you want? And Jennifer was around the corner, which I did not know, nor did I know Jennifer, nor did I know she owned the store and everything else. This you point, Sabine goes, you know, is, is French and she goes to Olga. Says, I, I, I just don't know how I'm going to help this. And so Olga comes says, Jennifer, you have got to come down. I, we, I don't know what to do. You know, she just says, no, she says, there's nothing you can do. So I said, okay. I went in, I had listened already, not saying a word. I go up and say, hello. Hi, nice to meet you. You. I'm Jennifer. How can I help you? I don't think you can help me. I go, well, <laughs> what would you like? Okay, I want that fur, that color, that collar, that cuff, and this, like this. And I go, okay, I can do it. And she looked at me and goes, really? And that was it. We started talking and I, we started I never shopping. told her what I did for a living yet until we got to I had no counter. idea. I had no idea. She was a little bit difficult, but she liked, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget what you bought the first one, was my jersey wrap skirt. And you still have it. I still have it. I bought, a, my, I bought a handbag, yeah. the coat, the jersey wrap blouse, and a pair and of shoes. Shearling. And, and the shearling. And the shearling. And the oh, shearling. Excuse yeah. me. That was the most... That I, I sweat until she received it and said, I love it. Oh, you have no idea. So okay. that was for first. And, and everybody's no, like, No, but oh then my let's God. talk about when we were at the counter ready to ring up. And oh. so she's filling everything out. And all of a sudden I get in my head, oh my God, I got to get her to Minnesota and do a trunk show for my clients. It came out of nowhere. I've been doing this for years and years and years. Never have I had that moment. And so I leaned over the counter and I said, okay, so here's the deal. This is when she found out what I did. I said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but I'm a wardrobe consultant. And I threw my card on the counter. I said, ah, uh, wait, and I'll, and I'll say at that moment going, Oh, here we go again. Another one that wants to try and do, you know, I've had so many of those go on. Okay. So <laughs> I said, I'm from Minnesota. We don't wear overalls and drive tractors. She stops. She goes, I have a few clients in Minnesota. I know that I thought, Oh, I like her now. I said, I have a pretty good business. I have a lot of clients and I could sell the crap out of this stuff. There's nothing like it. I said, you do trunk shows. And she looks up at me and she goes, well, I do my New York shows, but actually I'm doing a show for the first time in Dallas. Would you want to meet me down there? I said, and my husband standing there has shocked that I'm even having this conversation, I'm sure. And I said, yep, I want to come down to Dallas. I want to see how you work. I want to see if I really want you to come to Minnesota. She hasn't even accepted to go to Minnesota, but I already decided. No, no, no. She did not say, I'll see if I like you. She would have never said that there. She said, sure, no, I'll come in and my see head, how it I is. Think. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. 
in my head, I'm thinking I maybe, maybe I don't want her to come. Maybe I'm just on a vacation and you know, it's all in the moment. Fast forward, my husband and I go down to Dallas and she's doing this trunk show. So we have no idea. We book a room with her and her sister and her brother. May I add that? Mm-hmm. And Julio, Benji and I come down again. I really don't know her. And we check into this hotel and every room is a themed hotel room. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll interrupt right here and then you'll keep on going. I (laughs) arrived to the hotel and, you know, I usually stay in beautiful hotels. The Four Seasons in Chicago, I get the presidential suites. And so this client of mine said, ah, I go, well, you know, and and they said it was a modern. I said, okay, it's a modern. I walk in and I already go, hmm. A weird hotel. Okay. So I was supposed to get this super suite. I arrived there and because they let, tell me. Let me just stop you for a second because when you have the suites that you have, you have brought in your clothes. That's where your clients come and see things. So it's not about you are in the presidential suite. It's about this is where you're doing your business. It's exactly. Her space. And, and, it's her space. It's her It's store. my space. I re- yes. rearrange the whole suite. I, I basically, it's not just a trunk show. I create a store for two or three days and it doesn't even look like it's a trunk show. I, I right. don't like trunk shows per se. So I wanted to do something that was totally different where I would bring a store into the cities that I would go. So I walk in and they go, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Tatinelli, but uh, the suite is no longer available. I look at him and go, excuse me, what do you mean it's no longer available? <laughs> Uh, I prepaid, I have, I have clients coming and he goes, no, I'm really sorry. The people that were in it are going to keep on staying. I go, no, you don't understand. I need the suite. So, you know, I'm very nice and goes, I'm really sorry. There's no, but we can accommodate you outside in the pool space. Mm, it was off season. So the pool was covered and they had a covering. So during the day I go there and I go, oh God, this is horrible. This really looked like it was really bad. It looked like I was just planning, you know, racks and stuff. So I was so upset to begin with my sister you know she doesn't do this but she had just come to accompany me so you know she's like I'm gonna go get something to eat and some coffee you know she has a whole different thing my brother was there to help so then I start setting up and the lights you know the dark starts coming around three o'clock we could not see from here to there there were no lights you couldn't see a color anything and here is you know Lisa I didn't even pay attention to Lisa at the beginning I was so upset with everything and there is Lisa sitting down with Benji and just watching what was going on and and I had no idea what she was thinking I was taking my mental notes yeah so we start you know and we do all that and then we we all of us go back into our rooms well I had the weirdest room my brother was thank god he was staying with his, with my sister so they were there was no doors it was called the safari room where basically there were no doors everything was open and everything was animal I mean it was just a nightmare and then the next day I mean <laughs> okay so Benji and I check into our room and this same is hotel. No, same, same hotel I am telling the honest to God truth we walk into the room there is a stripper pole <laughs> in the middle of the bed on the end with a huge glass table and then the bed and that's the focus of the whole room. Oh my God. I, I just didn't even speak. I so can only we, imagine what Benji was thinking. No, wait, this is the best <laughs> part of the story. Oh, yes. So he goes like, goes into the bathroom or something. And I think I'm just going to have to do this once. Well, you need muscles to get on a stripper pole. (laughs) So just as I'm getting up on the stripper pole, this is like a joke. He walks out of the bathroom and he said, get down from there. And I said, what do you mean? I just want to see what this is like. He goes, you are going to fall on that glass table and you are going to crack your head head open and you're going to get hurt. Get down from there. (laughs) I started laughing. So we all meet the next day together. And and we're all talking about our rooms. Well, we are, but we're not. Then it was the flood. Do you remember the flood? Yes, then the flood. Yes. Yes. Then my brother and my sister come down while we have the full on show. You can't see anything. I am so upset. I really, it was the worst experience ever, but we got to get a great relationship with Lisa. But we had time to talk with them. And we. And um, uh, I was talking to clients and she goes, well, what color should I do? I said, it doesn't matter. I'll just choose one of these colors because I can't really. See if it's blue or black, you'll get whatever you get. So it became a joke with all my clients. And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't know. So thank God most of my clients understood. I was so upset, you know, when you work so hard and do it. And then with Lisa, and we were talking about this and on. And at one point, my brother comes down and goes, We have a big problem. What, 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 what could happen now? What more? We have our room is totally flooded. <laughs> 
So the whole entire room, my sister, there was all flood and they took all my brother's clothes. So somebody went into the room and stole all my brother's Armani suits, everything. So I tell you, we had the worst experience. But what so that came was our out first of that, encounter. How many oh. years ago was this? Ten, Ten years, years ago. ago. But what came out of that was the following year, I had my first trunk show. Uh, or, uh, well, uh, that uh, was in October. So the following, yeah, one year later. Yeah, but I'll explain her first trunk show. Smaller suite. And, you know, I was testing her. She was testing me. So we kind of did two days. Not many people. I ended up knowing after that it was all the people she really knew very well, like friends, just to make sure she did and so Katie never... was one of them. It was. Katie, you were one Katie of them. Katie was on 18 people. It was 18 people. That's it. Uh, you know, and I, 18 people wasn't a lot of people for us to go into a place. But I said, you know what? We'll try it. And it was a very good success. You know, it was it wasn't easy also for Lisa to trust me or me to trust. You know, it, it was a it was a two way, but we clicked right away. It's so interesting because I did not know this story. I did not know how you met because when I came into it, I did not know that was the first trunk show. You two had a truly a connection that Mm -hmm. you could see right there. I thought you had been friends for years. So that's testament to that simpatico. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, my first piece that I bought is still my favorite piece. Isn't it the black um, uh, reversible? Yes. The, the, the mine, my, um, the reversible with the ruffles. Yes. It is still my favorite piece. And every time I wear it, which is particularly in Minnesota, a lot in the fall, a lot in the spring, yes. but I still get compliments. Well, this, you remember single... I was wearing mine. It was gray yes, and I had it and it was my good luck piece. And I had a gray and a black shorter one. And I'll tell you what happened to the black shorter one. So I <laughs> wore that. And my brother said at one point after five years, can, can we please change color and I'll, uh, or another one, please. All you do is because it was, it just, it felt, it was just the best part. You know, you put it on and everything. So finally my brother says, okay, I'll do one. Just change it a little. We'll make it shorter. Cause my brother worked with me. He does no longer, but you know, so then I do a black shorter one, you know, the one that was a little shorter. I arrived to one of the shows in New York and she goes, oh, I need that. And I need those. I go, well, I only have five things I bring with me. So basically she took my jacket, took my ballet flats off my feet, which I still have. And and she still has and wears. Let's touch on this for a minute. Cause I think it's important. Obviously when you do a custom piece and I'm six feet tall, Lisa and I own a lot of the same clothing, which is really funny because you're what? Five feet tall. I am not five feet tall. I'm four, five nine. Four, Katie. I am five. Four. Okay. Okay. So we have a lot of the same dial tape that are very similar. Like you have that black coat. Yes, that's, okay. that's the coat Jennifer just talked about. It actually right? was Jennifer's coat that I told her I had a hat that's and right. she took it off and gave it. Okay, to me. so that was the first time I probably spent to that level for a piece of clothing. And I look at that now with as much as I've worn it and have it. And because of the quality, I mean, you can feel the quality. It, to me, is one of the best investments I've ever made in a piece of clothing, bar none. And it gets better with age, I think. Mm -hmm. So that coat, that was the first gift that Jennifer ever gave me when we started on our trunk show. So I would go to New York for the spring shows and then do stuff for my clients there because she wasn't coming to me for spring yet. Yet. I'll say that again yet. And so she gave me that as a gift. And that became, as we always talk about, what is your lucky piece in your closet? That jacket is my lucky piece in my closet. And if any of my clients who will be listening or are listening to this podcast, I always wear that jacket the first day of every trunk show. And Machiavelli shirt. And the white Machiavelli. shirt, which I have bought numerous times. I'm probably on my third or fourth edition. I'm going to need another one because thank you, COVID. But (laughs) speaking of the Machiavelli blouse, Ah. that is the famous blouse that is fantastic. I have several clients that that has become their Zoom blouse and they just have it on a hanger. They put it on and that's what they wear. Jennifer, what's the quick description on the Machiavelli blouse? So it's called Machiavelli because it's got a collar that represents the Machiavelli in the 14th and uh, 14th century that almost looked like it was a, how would you explain a crown around a the crown, neck crown, yes. and uh, also on the cuffs. So it's a very complicated shirt that pleats down, stretch uh, poplin cotton, which I'm, you know, I do very many things, shirts and, and uh, dresses. And it is really a perfect length because you can wear it with fitted pants. You can go inside and wear it with, you know, uh, more of a 
open leg pant you can wear with a skirt and it's one of those pieces that is an icon piece that I think everybody should have a beautiful white crisp white shirt in their closet talking about icon pieces what's important is a jacket shoes and a bag are the most important things I think where people should spend because are things that are going to represent whatever you have you know shirts and things like that I know you have some incredible because I own them (laughs) (laughs) shoes talk about icon pieces there shoes I believe believe are one of the most important things, not only for beauty uh, and icon pieces that are classic, but also for comfort. So one of my icon pieces, if you want a flat, is a ballerina. I um, I was hit and ran over by a car about 12 years ago. And uh, I had always said to myself, I'll never wear flat shoes and a crossbody bag. I always had full high heels, beautiful bags. And I it was pregnant with my children eight months and I still wore heels. Well, my life changed in one split second. And I was no longer able to wear anything for many, many years. I had operations, knees and everything. So I have a heritage of medical uh, with my family. And also I was going to become a doctor. And then I decided to go back in my family, Italian side of the family, which my mother's from New York, went to Italy in 1968 and met my dad. And that was love. Big scandal in the American side of the family, but we'll pass that to another time. And I decided to work with an orthopedic and my shoe design and my manner, you know, the people that actually made shoes. And I said, we have got to find shoes that are comfortable, look good and feel good. And so my first design was a ballet flat, which has a little insert in the back. It's square. And I, the idea came from my icon, Audrey Hepburn. And my clothing represents her a lot. You know, skinny uh, Capri pants, my flats that look like ballerinas because I was a ballerina and my Audrey coat or my ruffled coat. I believe that if you have a great flat shoe that is not too covered, not too, it's a little sexy, but feminine at the same time and comfortable and stays on your foot is one of the hardest things to do because flat shoes, if they're not perfectly done by millimeter around your foot, they open on the sides. When you walk, they kind of slim. So it was very hard to actually do this shoe. But once I got it, it became one of my must have. From there, I went on to a higher wedge, a four mil- a four, a 40 millimeter, then a 60 millimeter. And then I now actually have, you know, 90, which is a high, high heel. And who's ever tried my boots, my shoes, I believe your testimony that they are very comfortable. And and that was my, it, my career then became extremely beautiful, but the most important, also comfortable. So important. And yes. again, yes, testimony, I think from both Lisa and I, and again, lasting, if you take care of them, I'm definitely due for another pair of tennis shoes. Those have my <laughs> memory foam. Yes, yes. <laughs> Those yes, are the new yeah. ones with the memory foam. They're fantastic. I started okay. that because under COVID, nobody was really going anywhere. And it was really more of a casual. So again, under COVID, we had a lot of time to think of life has changed. We're going to have a new normal. Uh, many things have become now home, no longer going to the office. And I think it's going to be for a while. And I always say Hermes put jeans for the first time in their collection about seven years ago. And now jeans have become, you can wear them mainly everywhere. So sneakers, you have sneakers of all kinds, but I would buy sneakers and my feet would hurt. They'd be too heavy. They're plastic. They're not a, so I said, hmm, how can we do it? So I feel a little high because I always felt I'm not very tall. I'm a little taller than, than Lisa. I'm one inch taller than Lisa, but still, you know, okay, I, not by <laughs> we wear the same shoe size. We're, we're basically the same. Exactly. I'm going to so, tell you, I'm a little jealous of that because when she can walk in and say, I want that and that and that. Oh no. I, I, I thought I had my sister. No, now I have Lisa too. And so, you know, I really, at least my sister doesn't take my shoes because she has bigger feet. But so I really thought uh, to work around that. And I started having what we call memory foam. So my sneakers, I did three designs. And then I, and now I have a huge collection of sneakers where I changed the laces. And when you put them on, basically this memory foam, you walk and I, and you feel like you're in clouds and slowly, the more you wear them, the more I, and I work in my sneakers, which I never, ever, ever thought I would ever work in sneakers. I have several clients that love your tennis shoes. And, and then sometimes she lets me custom what I want on the tennis shoes. I can send her over the edge on that. They're the best. I brought Lisa specifically also where we do the shoes because, you know, Lisa would say, okay, let's take this shoe. Let's do this color. Let's do this stitch. And she would drive us at a show literally insane. The people were like, 
okay, you know, and then I wanted to, and it was hard for me to explain to her how hard and complicated it is when she starts switching everything, which I didn't, we don't, it's not like we can't do. So when she saw that at every single color, she changes every single uh, heel, she changes, there is some little saint that takes a little piece of thread, puts it back on the machine, takes that, then takes another thread. So a shoe that would cost 10, really, who knows how much it does cost in timing, you know, but again, we had fun, but I was in, I was, I really loved to bring her to show because it's such an amazing thing. I was doing my background in you and I love what you said about this. Nobody needs anything. It's about an experience, a quality, a dream. Talk a little bit more about that because I think that focuses in, especially in light of COVID. So when you look at creating this business that you've created and moving forward with new reality, where do you see it going? What do you see happening? Well, I think my nobody needs anything is the fact that we all have a pair of shoes to put on, uh, something to put on our, you know, our body and go out. But it's about finding the right um, fit for you. So I always say, my, you know, you shouldn't be fitting my clothes. My clothes should be fitting you. And that means you have to find who you are. And I really try. And every time I have a client or friends or people even that can't even, sometimes not everybody can afford my items. I know even them, I take the time to say, look, you know, let's look through your closet or look through your closet. And this is what Lisa has taught me because, you know, we always laugh and we always tease, but I've learned so much from Lisa uh, you know, I produce, I design, I fit people, I dress people, I do custom made, but uh, how can I bring that custom made of new items fitting into what they already have? So I actually tested, this is funny because the other day I had a woman, she was not in a very nice position. Her husband had just passed away and uh, she, nothing, she didn't like anything. She didn't fit into anything. She was really sad. And I thought about Lisa and I said, okay, why don't you bring some of your things that you have in your closet that are beautiful? I mean, she had beautiful things, but she wasn't dressing them well, her hair, everything. And I spent the whole day with her, showing her the shoes that would go with that, pinning her clothes. I brought her to the tailor because obviously I can't bring it back to Italy right now and I don't have anybody. So I found somebody very nice here and she almost started crying and saying, well, how much do I owe you? I said, no, no, no. I, I, so I really want people to find what their, their, their person is and to be happy. I always say, I always see somebody that if I take them away from their comfort zone, they don't stand right. But sometimes if I take them out of their comfort zone and I put something that they wouldn't have put on, uh, they kind of sit up straight, put their hands in the pocket. I know that they're feeling good. You know, they stand up straight or so those are little hints that help me then build up something that gives them the strength of being a strong woman. We're all strong. I always say we're all beautiful. Everybody has two eyes, a nose and a mouth. You know, it's just how do we bring the beauty that is inside out? And really, that's what I really love to do. My job that I love the most is this, is to make people happy. And I see that they're satisfied. You know, I don't, I'm not a salesperson per se. I really am not. Uh, although everybody says I'm very good at doing it, but I'm not a salesperson. I love to explain and to make people feel good. You have an incredible family history. I, I'm looking at my notes, Lisa. This is a shout out to you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. So your grandfather was a world-renowned pathologist. Your uncle, great uncle, right, is best yeah. known as Mark Twain. Yes. Who brought us Huckleberry Finn. Yes. Your grandmother was a well-known folk art collector. Your other and grandmother. One of, the, one of the most important pianists in New York, concert pianist. She used to be one of the few women that played Rachmaninoff. That's oh how she God. ended up going into New York. And it was the wedding was, you know, back then it was a, they already knew who was going to get married, but she's from Texas. Yes. San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Your other grandmother, a weaver and your mm -hmm. grandfather, a tailor mm -hmm. and your mother was a painter who worked with Andy Warhol also created theatrical costumes. Yes. You mentioned that you had started out going into medicine and then pivoted. How in the world did you choose? Shoes. Did it find you? Were you drawn to it? What was that path? And from there, we're going to talk about how you create. Yeah, well... Um, I was the first grandchild from the two sides of the family. And I was torn because I had my American side that was not exactly happy about my mother, Ewing, marrying an Italian, a tailor, and was a very, very particular situation. On the other hand, I, I would go in Tolsi in this little town. That's where my grandmother and her sisters and they were all, they would sit on these big steps. You know, imagine these old little towns where there's steps going down and each step has a door going in and 
and these ladies that would sit down and start weaving, you know, baskets and all that and talking about what are you going to cook today? I'm going to make, I'm going to make lasagna, I'm going to do and they start at five in the morning. And I really wanted my my American side to really, you know, kind of reconnect. So I was so intrigued by pathology and learning how to help other people and finding a cure, a horrible, you know, disease that is cancer and uh, there's the Ewing sarcoma. And I just wanted to pursue that. But when I started the idea of doing that, my father looked and go, hey, and me, what am I going to do? 12 generations since the 1400s, da, 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 you know, and made me feel very, okay, so, but I remember going back and seeing how they would weave. And I really, really, I was torn. I was completely torn for many, many years. And one day I just remember uh, my grandmother looked at me, my American grandmother and said, Jennifer, you have to do what you love to do. It doesn't matter what you think we want you to do. I had a great relationship with her. Uh, my father and my, she didn't really, but I I think, uh, not saying her favorite, no, because uh, it's not, but we had a fantastic relation. We really understood each other. And I really loved. And I remember looking at the folk art we were living in. We were in the Amish carriages in the house. She goes, that's not a toy. That's a, you know, we're all the cousins. And I spent every summer with her. And I remember she said, you don't have to do this because you have to do what you love. So I really took the time and I went home. I spoke to my dad and I wasn't a boy. So it wasn't easy for him either because I wasn't the boy of the family. And it was never, I'm the first woman in the, in the family to actually ever be in the business. There were no women ever. So it wasn't easy for me either there. So I had to work three times as much. And I remember I made my choice and I still have a background of medicine. So I still help my kids in first aid. But I also through that, I was able to bring it into my fashion and create things that like in the shoes, understand what a custom made jacket is. You know, if somebody is as tall as you, it's not just about doing patterns or learning how to draw. You know, everybody says, I want to be a fashion designer. There's a lot of fashion designers, but learning how to bring that product to actually fit well, there's not very many out there, I don't think anymore. And it's going to be a lost art. I mean, even weaving bags around boxes of wood as I do, it's it's really a lost art. It's going to be yeah, hard. There's no machining. No machining. There's no in machine. In, in doing material and clothing, there are machines that you can put a thousand sleeves all left, a thousand sleeves all right, and a laser will cut through it. Material is all the same. They don't have defects. Leather is all different. You know, you can have a pink tone and I can have more an olive tone. So that same dye will pick up differently. So when you have to match them all together, make sure there isn't a hole. And in my uh, business, I am very known for reversibles as the jacket you have. So that's even more complicated because first I have to match the top, make sure that the pieces fit because you've seen, I don't do many cuts. The more cuts there are in a leather jacket, the more it's less valuable because obviously you take it. So I match that. Then I have to make sure that those patterns match underneath. So it's a very long process. People that actually do this and cut the leather, you don't cut it with scissors, but you cut it with a knife. Uh, they have decades, decades of 20 years of experience you can't just teach it in one day because you know there are some parts it's happened where you can't see it but in a sleeve if I take the piece of the leather that is what we call a little bit cooked we call cooked leather it's we can't see it until people put it on and start wearing it it can tear but that's something that is is in the animal. You know, it's happened, right? I don't know where by the using. It's this is where we use it sure. the most. So there is there's people that know how to cut and then sew and then work. It's the most old and beautiful art that is still in this world. There's no machine, no machine at all that can actually do leather and cut leather and create something. What do you see the future being? You know, the young generation doesn't really want to work with their hands, which I always say, if somebody really one day wants to have a great career, they have to learn what is called the mestiere. Mestiere is learning how to use your hands because everybody will have these computers. Everybody's going to be technological, but who's going to actually do it? So I'm really trying and maybe we can work together. How do I stimulate a younger generation in learning something like that? We have to teach them a passion. So whenever I have a younger generation or, you know, a teenager or somebody that is says, I want to do fashion, I want to be a designer, I try to say, look, tell you the truth, learn how to do a pattern, then you can create. There's a lot of Japanese that actually come to Florence and do apprenticeship in uh, who does shoes. They 
love shoes. And in fact, they bring it back to Japan and they are doing a great job. But I have to tell you, there's not many, unfortunately, not many. Well, that's, we're going to, we're going to have to put that energy out into the world, just like you and Lisa met and started this, that something will drive that right person to you, because I feel like it's so important. We're going to take a short break and hear from our favorite sponsor, Rustica Bakery. And then we'll be back to have more incredible conversation with Jennifer Tabnelli and Lisa Rubin. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list, and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market, and Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking either online or in-store, bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the take and bake cookies available online or in store. Truly a capstone for any get together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. I want you to walk me through how the market has changed. I actually moved to Palm Beach after what happened to New York and the store in New York, and they broke into it. And then I went over, and it was horrible. And then uh, we went over to the Hamptons in the summer. I had the store. None of my, you know, colleagues could fly in. So I have been on my own. I've not been on a plane since last December. I went for three days. I didn't, I haven't seen my dad since the 22nd of December. And I left. Or and my mom. She's how old are your parents? 75 and 76. I cannot wait to get a vaccine and fly over. My problem is that it's the only store open right now out of the five stores I have. That's the only one is Palm Beach and nobody can fly over here. So if I leave, it's two weeks quarantine there. Then I'll stay two weeks, three weeks, and then two weeks quarantine here. That means that I don't work. And this is the highest season right here. And here it's not bad. My mom, she hasn't seen a soul since last February. Except for your dad. Can you imagine? (laughs) She's going crazy. So she built a golf course in the house. So she built a golf course in her property. So she's been playing golf in her property because, you know, it's big. You saw the house in the country, but it's seven acres. We were supposed to go. (gasps) Okay. So it's seven acres. So she created a golf course in the spring and she's painting again. Like you cannot believe. Finally, my mom is painting again. Beautiful. My mom was a great painter. I mean, she worked with Andy Warhol. And and she was a photographer, very famous photographer. All my pictures you see that are, are all my mom and none of them have ever been retouched. I got to spend an afternoon with her mom alone because Jennifer had to work. Mm -hmm. Surprise, even though I was coming over. But we had the best time together. The mother loved every minute of my neurosis. Oh my, and she'll take, she'll laugh about everything. Oh, she's hysteric. I mean, she has the best sense of humor. She, you know, she, even now, eh, but even now she starts, you know, we start giggling about certain things. And that's the only thing. Thank God we have, you know, Zoom and all that. And WhatsApp and because... Is your dad actually staying home? Yeah, you couldn't leave. So from my house in the country, they could not get into Florence. My sister could not go up to my parents because it's... So it's like saying Palm Beach Island and West Palm Beach. The people from West Palm Beach could not go to Palm Beach and vice versa. You could only go to grocery shop or whatsoever. You can't go in and out of Europe. All the borders are closed. Asia is working and they're doing much better. In fact, some of the production that is saving some of our, our, you know, production is them. So you're producing for some of the designers for the Asian distribution, right? For them. And obviously then they will, I'm pretty sure they're going to be selling there, but it's very slow. You know, everybody's taking like, for instance, uh, we were talking about winter 2022, 23. And also this winter for this winter, everybody's kind of 
reorganizing what they had already done. Nobody's really investing in doing or invested, obviously, in doing a huge collection. For instance, who had uh, an early delivery, uh, got everything, and then was stuck with everything, okay? Who instead didn't get an early delivery, they canceled everything. So on both sides, they had too much remaining and some had too much in the selling remaining so they can't buy and the other ones couldn't sell. And the same thing goes for the uh, material. Like how do you know how much leather they're to purchase? Can that last for five years or how does that work? Ah, leather doesn't go bad, the okay. crude leather, okay? But before I was able to say, okay, I'm ordering, I'm just going to give you an X number, a thousand uh, uh, feet, which is piedi of uh, leather. I'm just going to give you an idea, you know, and I could say, and they would do maybe 2000 and they would keep a thousand. Nobody's keeping any inventory. So that means I have to understand, hmm, how many do you think I can sell? So it becomes a little more complicated because then when I do custom orders, then it's no longer five to six weeks, but it could be also nine to 10 weeks because then I finish that color. I have to reorder the color. The color takes a certain amount of time to process, to do, to color, to sit and everything. And so that gets that longer. So, you know, we're all, everybody is kind of saying, hmm, should I order the double of the Riri zippers? You know, my zippers that you, you, nobody really thinks about zippers, but zippers, when oh, I, I use, <laughs> now I do. <laughs> Yeah, are really, really expensive. So zippers can come in sizes and then can come in rolls that you just cut. But normally the rolls are more plasticky, very cheap, uh, or, or they're used really for clothes if you want to have a very teeny zipper. Uh, well, the ones I do, especially for the jackets and the bags, they're also what we call sizing. Okay, so I have to buy a certain size for one size bag, the inside of the pockets of the bag, the inside of the inside of the pocket, and then I have to decide what color each color of a bag has to have the same color in the what we call a mostra of a zipper zipper has the two materials on the side where you stitch it onto the bag those have to be in color so i not only have to do inventory of the sizing of the zipper but i have to do inventory of the color of the sizing of the zipper so that's where it starts being extremely complicated and i have to tell you it's been it's been terrible for a lot of things but covid also helped me kind of re reorganize and see that you know, we can have uh, a different approach to things. And, you know, you didn't have time to do uh, many of the things that, you know, it was day-to-day -day base uh, survival. survival. And even this, we would have never done it, maybe if it hadn't been, you know, I wouldn't have done my videos on my um, Instagram. Which, which are so great. You they have no so idea. Great. I sweat every time. I never repeat it. I said, if it's not right, it's okay. It's my English. I don't care. I would sweat. I'm not very good on camera or speaking, but I had so many people that were just so scared, depressed, uh, lonely, you know, and, and felt like, <gasps> as my father said, you know, Jennifer, I'm 75, 76, sorry, almost. And he said, I, they stole a year out of my life. And I, you know, you have still, so a lot of people were going through that. And if we could just give them a moment of happiness, of fun, and, you know, feel like it's a, it's a way. And I remember talking to Lisa a lot about also how we should actually wake up put some makeup, you know, feel the part, uh, dress the part, you know, from up to here. So I even work with Lisa <laughs> on a lot of the clients with her, you know, to help them with their meetings at home. So true. I think COVID focused people on what was important. There's a word and I can never say it right. And I want you to tell me what it means. You talked about mestiere, right? Mestiere. Mestiere. Atelier? Atelier. Okay. Atelier. I Atelier, you said it perfectly. Okay. Well, it's been 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Okay. So a uh, store is a store that gets a collection and takes that collection and sells it to the client. An atelier is they design it, they cut it, they produce it. They take your measurements. So it's not a production, but it goes from the beginning to the end. They fit you. They put, you know, sometimes we do the, the fittings. In our case, I've become very specialized also in trying to, if it's a complicated sending over a mock, trying it on there and, you know, having a tailor kind of pin it or we talk to it. But it is from the start to the beginning. So I have clients that come in and say, I want this exactly. They'll give me a picture. They'll give me an idea. And in this work, I can do anything you want that is possible. I always say it's about time and money. 
um, some of the times. Other times it really isn't. It's, you know, I don't, I don't try to tell people if I can work around an already existing pattern that is doing something custom made. So in the case of yours, we had the pattern, the um, P312, you know, with the ruffles, and I took your measurements and I made it to your measurements. Maybe a client wants this picture, they bring it, that's a bespoke. So a bespoke is taking and starting from scratch, from no pattern, no nothing. It is completely designed. We take the measurements and I create a pattern. That is what's called bespoke. A lot of these companies now are saying we do custom made and they put like the two initials, you know, a, a monogram that's custom made or I make it a little longer or make it. That's not. People say, how much is it to put my initials on? Nothing. It takes me two seconds to put initials on on a leather. <laughs> Seriously. So, you know, it's, it's about a story. It's about how people tend to, um, you know, say it's custom made. Yes. My, I well. wish people could see my, my, my fingers going, make it custom made. <laughs> think but of exactly the, think of what the Italian part of your I'm like a custom what you're doing with those fingers <laughs> everyone can see that in their mind right now <laughs> let's talk about this for a minute I have heard the term private label yes tell me what private label means as it pertains to you okay so private label is basically uh, working with some name brands famous less famous uh, that give us a design and with our knowledge, we create a creation for them. And then we do the production. Sometimes they will use us for the prototypes. So there's a long process. It almost takes two years from, from the beginning to the end. A prototype, we adjust the prototype. It goes back and forth. And then some of them will send a lot also to Asia and have it copied and then produce it there. Because unfortunately, you know, a lot of people think of name brands as quality. And I'm saying there are, you know, and all that. But a lot of them, unfortunately, now have been bought out by these big giants that is really about the EBITDA. EBITDA, so if nobody knows what this is, is basically how much it costs and how much we're going to gain. So everything in the middle. In the 80s, that's what had happened. Most of it was all done in produced in China because it started being more, you know, of a mass production. Slowly, they've come back to the Italians because the way we do it really is different. You know, the way we do the tanning process, the way we, we do certain things. But the truth is, a lot of people don't understand that made in Italy also can be too tricky. One, you can just put a heel on a shoe and you can say made in Italy. You can just sew a button on something and you can say made in Italy. You can just put uh, the final zipper on a bag and it says made in Italy. And that's something that the Italian uh, organization of production, we are fighting because it's not fair. But that bag, you know, instead of costing a certain amount, let's say 10, that bag really cost them one, but because it's made in Italy, they can sell. So it, it, there is an issue, but they do pay my kids' college tuition. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's yeah. my business, but my passion is yeah. my service to my private clients in my store, which they come in and, and everything, as Lisa knows, what you find in my store, you find nowhere else that in my store. And sometimes I have limited edition by default. They say, why don't you put limited edition on this bag or on this? I go, because most of the, my bags are limited edition. I do one, two, I do custom made. I create colors. I have fun. But thanks to that, I'm able to do this because it's certainly not where I'm going to become, you know, very rich on because custom making. It's your passion. It's It's my passion. It's It's my passion. passion. You never know how much something is actually going to cost until we actually do it. You know, I can ballpoint, but so it's where in the other in a production, you know, that the minutes, the seconds, how much it, how many, how long does it take to sew that? So it's all calculated, but I love it. So I've been very quiet. I can't believe it. I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard because I love to listen to you. And I have had the wonderful opportunity to get to know Jennifer over the last 10 years. We, we do a lot of business together. 
And for me, I think there's no one else like her in the world. And that's why I wanted to have her on our podcast as our first guest, because it's been an unbelievable relationship. And I have been able to go to Italy. She actually talked me into taking clients of mine to Italy. We've done three trips. The first time I did it, I had to go to a pre-trip to evaluate if I wanted to do the trip. <laughs> of it's course just kind of like the notes. <laughs> but the first time I did take eight women and she surprised us and took us to two of her very special factories. And we got to see the process that she just talked about. And it is something that I still think about and the art that it takes to do something like this and to see all the paper hanging patterns hanging on a hanger for each person. And there is no machines. Like you do not see a machine. Maybe there was one computer, maybe one, and it was probably to do mailing labels or something. And it's fascinating. And I hope everybody can have an opportunity to see something like this in their lifetime. I can only hope that I get to take that trip someday. You must. I, I don't know. To. I'll see if you're on the list, Katie. I'll if just see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure hope so. And you know, my background was in shoes. I sold shoes for years and years and years. And I would go I to New York know on that. bar. Mm -hmm. I would go to New York on buys. And, uh, and then I worked for I Miller in New York base and they were bought out by Debenhams. And so, yes, I have a long history history of shoes. And then I was a wholesale rep based in Dallas. So I know that market very well. So it's all come together in the conversations that Lisa and I have and the treasure it is to get to know you, Jennifer. Tell me, I know that you have a store on Worth Avenue in Palm Beach and you are open every day. Yep. For now, I'm closed on a Sunday because I need one day off. Yes. Because uh, none of, it's very hard to find people that understand what I do. And uh, most of my girls would fly back and forth and train there's not possible because you cannot fly in from Europe to here and so out of six stores only Palm Beach will be open for until now in April I will be opening up Woodbury which is on Long Island uh, I was supposed to open Aspen and Naples uh, but that's not going to happen it postponed and I hope we hope by October, we'll start the shows again and we'll be in Minneapolis, Chicago, and we'll be with Lisa. I hope, you know, March, I don't think the show in the, this has been after 22 years, 22 years of shows is the first year I've never, I haven't done it. So yeah. Well, and we talked about the, the things you're learning out of COVID and how you're able to address things and focus on different things. If people want to get a hold of you, they can come into your store, but you also have an online presence. You're on Instagram. I love yes. your Instagram videos. <laughs> I know they're fun. What's your your website it's a jennifer tatinelli.com it's my name and uh, they can contact anytime see if they'd like to have information most of my girls also in italy you know they're from home they they answer but they can contact me anytime and I will be more than glad to help them and to have any questions. I, I, lo I love what I do. Again, I really, I wish I could get more people, more of the younger, because our generation understands it. And it's about quality. So it's about um, even my bags inside. They're not done. It's like lingerie. You don't buy lingerie because it's for others. You do it for yourself. You know, it's, it's what we talked about, the undergarments. It's you. The same thing as a bag. It's you. The shoes. The, it's a whole, it's about Jennifer's work. World that is involving your world. So how do I make you comfortable, beautiful, feel good and smile and have a good feeling about yourself? It's an experience. It is. It's and it's a wonderful one. Last question for you. What is your favorite lucky piece? My ballet flat. My black ballet flats that Lisa stole. So I had to redo another pair, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, my uh, ballet flats, they, they're, 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 that's the beginning of a whole different version of Jennifer that changed my life. I mean, my accident didn't change. They changed my life and they changed, you know, I always see the glass half full. I really, no matter how hard things are, there's something always good about something, you know? So I think of my accident that was pretty bad. I had my one-year-old with me and thank God nothing happened to him, Jonathan. And this came out, you know, creating things to make people happy. I have seriously clients that come in and say, I, I no, I cannot wear shoes anymore. I have huge problems. And they woke out and they're the 
happiest people because they put heels on again. They put shoes on. And I and I am doing a lot for men too, you know? So it's really, it's like I said, nobody needs anything. We all have everything. Why should we buy? It makes you feel good. It makes you happy. And it's something that's for you. It's not about a logo. It's not about a name brand. It's really about quality and fitting you to make you happy. Jennifer Tatinelli, we thank you so much for being our first guest on our podcast. I have goosebumps. I am so <laughs> happy to have done this with you. Well, I thank you. And also Lisa, it was an honor. It's actually, I'll tell you, it's my first podcast. So I can't tell you I wasn't nervous because I'm very good on one-on-one, but in front of people, I kind of get, you know, very iffy, but I cannot thank you enough. I really love to listen to your podcast. I do it all the time. I re-listen to most of them. And like I said, I take all the little nicks and, and tricks so better be careful, Lisa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and if you need any other interesting uh, people that you would like to hear about, jewelry or things, or uh, that make you know this whole world of women, I'll be more than happy. And hopefully, you can, you. when you come to Palm Beach, you'll see the store again. Wait, Mama Mia! I can't obviously thank you enough. It was wonderful having you. Of course, I look forward to every day aggravating you with something that I call <laughs> you about, and you always come through for me. So thank you. Thank you both. I'm so excited and happy. You're welcome. Ciao. I got to go sell some shoes. (laughs) Really? Ciao. Love you. Ciao. Okay. So Lisa, our nonprofit spotlight this show is PRISM. PRISMMinneapolis.org. I should say PRISM, P-R-I-S-M-M-P-L-S.org will get you more information on this incredible 501c3 nonprofit founded in 1970 by folks who were concerned about the local hungry and homeless population started as a very small informal effort and has evolved into a strong sustainable organization that is considered a leading provider of the basic needs and services in the Northwest Twin Cities suburbs. So each year with the help of all the donors, they've provided 800,000 pounds of food to 6,000 children, adults, and seniors. They help helped 120 families obtain and maintain stable housing, supplied 250 families with clothing for school and work. We just cannot stress enough how much COVID has affected all of our lives. And there are so many people that we don't know about who are suffering and struggling. So organizations like PRISM and others we have talked about are really incredible and and we're happy to spotlight them. I agree, Katie. And I hope that people will take a look at this organization because there are a lot of people that are in need of an organization like this. Prism, P-R-I-S-M-M-P-L-S.org. What an incredible experience to be able to talk to Jennifer. Thank you so much for all the work that you do and for the connection that you made. Pretty fun. It was fun. It came full circle because I really am always interested every time she talks about the space she comes from because I still find it fascinating every day to listen to something and I always learn a little bit more from her. I can see why your relationship is so special with her. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, because you can also direct them to Jennifer as well and help work them through that relationship. How do they do that? Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katieharms.com. And we are the View in Your Mirror podcast. You can find us at theviewinyourmirror.com. We thank you for coming along and listening. And we know that particularly with your newfound knowledge of Jennifer and some of the little hints and tips that she gave us the View in Your Mirror is going to only get more beautiful. You're right, Katie.